Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another exciting episode of episode of oh My Radio Podcast. Uh, real quick, um, as always, that do a cold opening. And um, today is uh, today is um, May eighth. Now, when you hear this podcast, it's going to be well into June. And I just wanted to brag about the fact that I've lost um, ten pounds. I've lost ten pounds uh, in my weight loss journey. Um, starting way back in February 29th, on leap di- leap year actually, and so I've been doing this Fit Body Boot Camp Challenge. Uh, the first one I did was the 28 day one, and then I just fit- completed the six week one, and I've lost 10 pounds and some body fat, and um, my BMI's went down as well because I was at a whopping 270 at one point, and uh, my BMI was at the high 38.8 but um now i'm at a 37.4 with my uh body fat going down three four percent so i just want to brag about that um hopefully um you all have uh hopefully we all haven't um, disappeared hopefully we all using this time wisely to make ourselves better as a unit as a team and um Without any further ado, y'all going to love this guest. And um, let's do this. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Stop. 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 I didn't even do this right. I'm in a rush. I didn't even do this right. I didn't even do this right. Hold on. <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all. You know how we do this. Just say my name. My name is Deja Brown. And you're listening to. And you're listening to. The open mic. The open mic. Podcast. Podcast. Pop, 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 podcast. Uh huh. Yeah, 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 what up everybody, welcome to another exciting episode of the Open Mic Radio Podcast, I'm your host Mike B, I know what y'all want to do, I know what I need y'all to do, put your hands on your knees and go Open Mic Radio Podcast, 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 welcome to the Open Mic Radio Podcast, yeah, today we're going to have a lot of fun. Almost. That's a little teaser for y'all. Almost. I got the big homie Tommy Taylor Jr. gonna come through, and we're gonna bl- he's gonna bless us with some with some 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 chit chat, some chit chat, some chitty chat chat chat. Um, feeling good. Like I said, I'm a little light in the body right now. Can't. <laughs> I'm bragging. Yeah, I'm a little light in the body. Ten pounds. That's a you know that's a struggle, man. Hopefully by the time y'all hear this podcast, we'll have lost another ten pounds. That's twenty pounds. But that's 20 pounds on pounds, losing pounds on pounds, 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 on pounds, just losing pounds, yo. Losing that weight. My knees don't crick as much anymore. Put your hands on your knees. I said, put your hands on your knees. 
and popping for the podcast. Podcast, 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 popping for the podcast. Podcast. I just, you know, my knees don't feel weak, yo. It's a three. It's like three levels to this house, and I can walk up all the levels now without breathing deep, without having to have an asthma attack. Have an asthma attack. No asthma attack. I got all my win. Asthma attack. I got all my win. I got all my win. All my win. No asthma attack. I got all my win. That's what I'm saying, yo. Lighty leafy vegetables, roughage. Leafy vegetables, roughage. On the podcast, I eat a lot of leafy vegetables, roughage, leafy vegetables, and roughage, roughage, leafy rough um, vegetables, roughage podcast, open mic radio podcast. Yeah, let's bring this down. Let's bring this down. Let's bring this down. Bring up my soundboard. What's my password to my iPad? I'm talking about my iPad iPad Hey That was That was weird Anyway <laughs> Welcome everybody Welcome to another episode of Oh My Radio Podcast As I gather myself I gotta gather myself How y'all doing man? If you're back to work How was your day at work? Was you safe? Was you practicing good social distancing? I ask you are you practicing good social distancing? Um, before you leave, do you wipe down your uh, keyboard and your um, monitor? Do you trust who was there? Um, what I'm looking for? I'm looking for this. Are you wiping down your keyboards? Are you wiping down your phones in the area? I'm scared to go back to work because um, we have a big cafeteria. I don't trust everybody in the cafeteria. It's not so much I don't trust everybody in the cafeteria. I just don't. Know, I just don't trust people that I can't see um, for those eight hours. And I mean by those eight hours, I mean those eight hours where you're in your cubicle and I'm in my cubicle, and we're but we're not in the same workspace. Does that make sense? We need to be in the same space. Like right now, I know the four people that work in my office, and we trust each other because we have Lysol everywhere. And while we have that Lysol, we know that everybody's clean because we don't want to die. Can you say the same about your coworkers? Do you want to die around your coworkers? I don't want to die around my coworkers. Just things to think about. Just things to think about. White people, stop shooting black people. That's all I got. <laughs> it's crazy, right? I don't know if there's any white people that listen to my podcast, but can y'all stop shooting black people, please? It's getting ridiculous out here. Um, like I said, this is May 8th as I'm recording, but um, yes, uh, people are getting shot left and right um, and, uh, in, in the black per, uh, in the black community. Also, we have um, a report that came out out in um, New York, I believe, Um where out of 40 arrests, 35 of those arrests for not practicing social distancing were, check this out, African-Americans. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, and it was like maybe four Hispanics and one white. Really? So, 
you know, but I've I've seen the footage and I've seen white people being handed masks and the police are just, hey, 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 let's spread it a little bit. Can you can you spread it a little bit? Could you just spread it? Thank you. Can you just spread it a little bit, please? Thank you. I want you to. And can you spread it a little bit? My name is Beth Davis, and I witnessed it. That was that was Beth. Beth said. My name is Beth Davis, and I witnessed it. And 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 then the police were like, "Yo, here's a mask. Um, practice social, safe social distancing." And it was all good. But then they see black people, and they're like, <laughs> and it's it's all it's all over. And then as the black community sees these things on social media, some of these things I just like to. I, sometimes I talk about stuff that I just want to hit the soundboard on. Anyway, long story short, stop shooting black people. We're all not scary. Just think about this, white people. What if we all tensed up every time we saw a white person with a trench coat on, but it's ninety degrees. It's ninety degrees outside. Yep, scary to me. Anywho, <laughs> we'll be right back with my my good friend Tommy Taylor Jr. Y'all. Uh... Hey, it's your girl, Trady Sade. When I'm not hosting Comedic Relief at Wonderland Ballroom, you can catch me listening to the Open Mic Radio Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Open Mic Radio Podcast. Thank y'all for listening, man. Thank y'all for sticking around. Um, this next guy I'm about to bring on, um, you might have heard of him. Uh, real funny guy. One of my good friends of comedy, known this cat for at least over, what, nine, ten years. This guy is real funny. Uh, he has a show called Almost Ladies Night that that he hosts some, and I co-host sometimes in the um, in the live arena. But he's now doing it on the IG live. I want y'all to start clapping right now for the big homie, my good friend, and soon to be yours, Mister Tommy Taylor Jr. What up, Tommy? What up, bro? Hi. Oh, <laughs> hey man, hey, hey man, I ain't, hey, look, look, I'm, I, it's a it's it's a blessing for me to know you. Not the other way around. <laughs> okay. You, you, you know, Tommy, Tommy, you know, he's been on The Wire. He's been on Conan. He, he's um, anytime, anywhere. He was my first IMBD credit. This man is, is like, he's busy on all media fronts. It's just a pleasure to know that he even picks up the phone sometimes when he sees my name pop up on his phone. That's, what, that's, what I, that's how I feel, you know? That's how I feel. Hey, man, I'll receive all of that right there. <laughs> how you been, yo? Hey, man, uh, doing well, man, doing well. I'm right here, you know, try, uh, trying to make the most of my COVID days. That's it. <laughs> well, how, you, how, you been, um, how you been taking care of yourself um, during, the COVID, uh, during this COVID season? Man, brother, I've been, like, learning new skills, you know, um, that's one thing about it. I'm always trying to learn. That's why I started in my production company. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't have no training. So I was like, yo, what can I learn during this crisis? Uh, I've learned how to whittle. Huh? I don't know how to spell whittle, but I can do it now. <laughs> I've learned how to whittle. I've mastered yard work. Okay. <laughs> um, I can build a tent. I'm learning how to make a fire. Um, so, like, these basic basic skills, you know, that we may have forgotten about. So I'm trying to trying to gather my hunter gathering skills. <laughs> it sounds like as you know, I do have a bow and arrow, so I'm working on my hunter gathering skills in case <laughs> I got to go forward on my own. You know, just preparing for the unexpected. That's it. Tommy, it sounds like you're going. It sounds it, which it sounds like what you're preparing for is when the world ends and we got to start from scratch and we go and we're going on our Oregon Trail 
voyage. Are you preparing for the Oregon Trail? And <laughs> what kind of insight you got that I don't know? <laughs> you like, I'm fishing. I'm hunting. I'm building a fire from scratch. I just built the tent. Like, what, what else are you doing, Tommy? <laughs> um, I'm learning Latin. So you know that we may have to go back into medieval times. <laughs> Just being prepared, trying to be prepared. That's it. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, man, I was just telling people in the beginning of the podcast show, um, I got my test results back. Um, as you know, um, during the pandemic season, I've decided to... Yes, um, or uh, COVID? No, 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 F- Physical, like fitness, fitness, fitness test back. <laughs> my way in, no, no, none of that. But uh, no, I, I, um, so far I've lost a total of 10 pounds. So I'm about to be on screen, right? Just trying to make the best of my, you know, I, I need to go out now. I need to learn how to make a fire. I got to, you know, top that because... You make it, make it fire. I got to at least build. You said 10 pounds. I don't, I don't know if I believe this. Yeah, I, I, I can see the, the screenshot. Yeah. <laughs> Let me see. Because we did at the beginning of this whole thing, we had, um, they were having the challenges. We did a push-up challenge. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if your viewers saw your push-ups, but you did like some, what I would refer to as a pregnancy push-up. I'm not really sure. Like, I feel like if a pregnant one was doing push-ups, that's kind of like how yours was. Closely uh, resemble. Now, but now, but see those push-ups, they're easier on my back. I have a bad back. When you when you put your feet close together, that's when you put the most pressure on your back. So I have to even at the pressure. But I was like, what? Back. What is? Because you you were barely pushing anything up. That's why I was trying to. Because I have, I have, a, like, I have a big trunk. Tommy. I would call those push downs. Like you were pushing <laughs> down instead of pushing up. No, no, the, because I have a big trunk. The trunk is the middle where the stomach is. I have a big trunk. So technically, because I had a big trunk, I was still in my first trimester. So they might have looked. They might have resembled pregnancy like push-ups, because I don't have a I don't have a flat stomach. It's getting there, but I, I mean, but as long as long if if, if the ten pounds is valid, I, I applaud you, brother. <laughs> but you know, when, when, when the outside does open back up, it will be hot boy summer, and uh, you know we got everybody got to be in shape. Yeah, there's no, there's no reason people shouldn't be in shape right now because we just we're wearing nothing but crop tops and baby oil <laughs> for the women. Well, you married, so you may, you you're out of this. But for the rest of us, it's it, it straight. This is another reason why I'm getting my hunter gathering skills together. <laughs> it's gonna be hunting season for women once this uh, COVID thing breaks. We out here, right? <laughs> I'm just grabbing chicken by the hair. You know, you, you got to take what you want and oh. it, with with uh, consent. <laughs> I was like, can I grab you by the hand and just drag you home? If she says yes, I'll, I'll go ahead and do that. With consent. I do have to say that. With consent. I, I, was, I was like, whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> like, wait a minute. He's like, I thought you was going to go full caveman. Ah, I want you. Ah, hit, hit her over the head with a bat. Ah, come here. Uh, <laughs> it's close. It's, clo- it's close to a caveman mentality, but we also have to keep in mind the uh, the cultural aspect of today's time. So I do want to re- make sure we respect our queens at the same time that we're uh, <laughs> that we're gathering them. <laughs> we're gathering for, them uh, for, for certain purposes. <laughs> gathering them by the bundles. <laughs> <laughs> bundles by the bundles. I like that. That's, that's a good one. Hey man, we should make that a um. Cause this ain't gonna come out to like June, so we could we could make that a. Uh, Make that a sponsor. <laughs> bundles by the bundles. All right. I see, well, I see what we did there. Yeah. I like that. Bundles by the bundles, yo. 
I just want to make sure that's part of my acting, my writing credit. I, I, I do a lot, a lot of writing. But um, speaking of writing and um, help help co-producing and stuff like that, shows like that, uh, Young Thomas, I call him Young Thomas. Y'all got to call him Tommy. I call him Young Thomas. Uh, Young Thomas, we got the, uh, you got the show Almost Ladies Night. Um, uh, first of all, I want to congratulate yeah. you. Um, uh, it was a, it was a, uh, it was the size of a mustard seed that, um, when you bought it up. And now it's a it's a real live, uh, organic uh, event that happens once a month, um, sometimes in different uh, venues. Uh, real quick, why don't you let the people know uh, about Almost Ladies Night and uh, what's it about? Oh man, Almost Ladies Night is the um, I always say I had to humbly say is we are it is the premier what one of the hottest comedy shows in the country um, by far. Uh, it is, it's not just a comedy show, it's more of an experience. Um, so when we started it, it was kind of, we started on a whim. And um, uh, I really wanted to, like, honestly tackle, like, a lot of it. Because, you know, I'm based in D.C. Um, so that's where we started the show. And I wanted to, like, how did you ever go out in D.C., like, a nightlife, whatever? It's, it's kind of like, you know, a little, a little bougie. So we wanted to create, like, an event where, like, people could, like, turn up, have fun. Like hear some good comedy, laugh, but also like you know party a little bit. So it's kind of that's what we do. So before the show even starts, we got our pre-show festivities. We got our, our bottle girls. They be pouring drinks, um, just straight out of the bottle in, in your mouth. Uh, you know, as a welcome shot, we got our massage uh, section. So we have a, a hands in motion mobile massage company come out every show and provide compliment, complimentary massages. Mm-hmm. And then one of the top massage companies in, in the area. Um, so you know you got you can bring your your ladies, uh, you can bring your lady, you can bring friends, whatever. It's, it's a good time. And then the show is very interactive, um, and it, you know we really I think we were pioneers. I will say that because uh, now like with the whole COVID situation, I think people realize like the the need for like you know togetherness, like just being um, together, interacting with people. And I think like you know a lot of people are realizing that you know on a serious note that you know they haven't. Um, done that, you know, as best as they could. You know, we, people go out, they stand, you know, stand and just stare at each other all night. <laughs> that was, our show is really kind of, um, really wanted to tackle that issue as well. Just like kind of bringing people together. When you come to interact, have fun, meet new people, um, turn up, ha- and don't think about what anybody was thinking. It's like, you know, bougie free zone. Um, mm. But you, it's really just something, I can't really even explain the whole thing. It's something you have to experience. Cause there's so much going on, but it's all tied together through comedy, through like joy. Just when people like you come and like you leave, like hey, that was a great time. Yeah. You know, so uh, that's almost ladies' night, and it's not just for women, but that's why I would say almost because it's uh, it started with guys like me putting together and guys. So we're never gonna get everything right. That's why I say almost. So that's kind of one of the little things in the show, uh, our almost thing, and uh, it's it's a, it's a it's an amazing time. This is a great time. I look forward to it every every show. Cause like it's just it's just fun, man. It's just good, 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 clean fun. Good, good, wholesome fun. Let's talk about some of these segments. a little raunchiness every once in a while. <laughs> you, you, it, gets a little, it gets a little wild. Because uh... <laughs> that, that was going to be the segue. Like, yeah, good, clean fun. Hey, let's talk about um, Tinder Live for a second. <laughs> One of the um one of the staples of the show, uh on on the show. There's a lot of there's a lot of uh different little nuances of the show, but one of the staples, one of the backbone um segments of the show, 
um, is the very popular um, interactive um, in your face, not an app, <laughs> not an app, real life t- Tinder Live that uh, I, I'm lucky to be a part of uh, the majority of the time and and be and, and watch it um, up close, sometimes too damn close. Uh, <laughs> what did you? <laughs> sometimes too close, but uh, it's, it's really one of the fun segments of the show. Uh, talk about Tinder Live and just like the, like some of your best moments, some of the best moments that you that you've seen um, on Tinder Live. Mm. So Tinder Live is like another way we try, like again, like the goal through comedy, through like having a lot of fun is like really to connect people, like have them interact and like you know um, all that good stuff. So Tinder Live is basically like a, a live dating, a comedy dating show, and uh, we made some real matches. We have made some real viable matches in the show, and uh, man, it, it's a lot of segments like we do we plan some stuff like we plan to do them but like most of the um a lot of the the humor comes from the spontaneity like a lot of stuff is improv like it's just off the cuff and uh that's the one the best thing i think everybody appreciates about uh tinder live the tinder live segment is like you never know what's gonna happen (laughs) nah like so and it gets kind of crazy sometimes like it's I mean, it gets a little overwhelming uh, <laughs> at some point. <laughs> uh, we had, um, and I don't, don't want to give give too much away, you know, for people who haven't come to the show yet. Uh, mm. Even though it is, it's going to be different whenever you come, uh, but yeah, there. Sometimes there there uh, is some dancing that happens, um, mm-hmm. twerking uh, spontaneously happens <laughs> by, by some of the ladies. You know, um, I don't know. You, yeah, it's, 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 I don't want to say too much, but I don't want to say too little. It's, yeah. it's, it's just a lot of um, stuff that, that pops off. Yeah. You, if you can imagine yeah. people trying to impress each other, you know, yeah. uh, even the guys trying to get the attention of these, of these ladies, it, it turns into a spectacle. Yeah, I think I think one of the best. I think uh, my highlight. There's there's a bunch. I'm just going to like simmer it down to this one because the most recent one uh, we did Tinder Live at the Loft. It was at the Loft. Well, there's two. Um, so I tell I, I just say both of them uh, at the loft, and the whole entire time the um, I just say light skin guy was um, basically he was like losing the whole the whole ten to live game, and then it came down to the votes, you know, because then it's like yo who you know who who's gonna match up with who right, and then in yeah. the middle of the votes, one of the audience members said shoot I'll take light skin he was the realest one, so <laughs> so even though light skin had lost he actually still like everybody left as a winner even though light skin had lost <laughs> <laughs> so it's like it's those little things where it's uh like it's like the the plot twist you know and like the other yeah one... like you never, you never know what's gonna happen yeah and it, it, then it was like, and that's, that's the, cause like the, the audience is always engaged in the show, which is like, which makes it like, you know, uh, on, on a hundred. Yeah. Um, so like in the dating thing, like, yo, they're like, yo, this nigga's single. Like I'm trying to get into it. <laughs> <laughs> like if every man for himself, there's like, everybody's always engaged. And that's what makes it like so much fun. Cause like, you know, everyone you're watching the show and you're also a part of the show just by being there. 
Um, but it's like in a way that's not intimidating either. Um, so yeah, uh, and sometimes people try to get a little too involved in the show. Yeah. <laughs> And we had to shut that down. But um, <laughs> they're like, oh, oh, boom, 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 boom. But yeah, but it, it was, yeah, that was that was that was a funny part. Um, and then the, uh, I think, let me see, my highlight, hmm, my highlight. Oh, I think my highlight was the attended live uh, when it. So our show is usually like are like ninety percent women. Yeah. And we said, and then probably like eighty nine percent single women. Yeah. So. Uh, we tried to get more guys to come out because, like, yo, the women are looking for dudes. So we had a Turner Live. We had a very attractive woman come up to be our, um, our, uh, uh, I don't know what you call it, like our, uh, our day tea. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, so we had some dudes, like, we had, I think, two dudes competing for her. And, um, I don't know, like, out of nowhere, like, the dude he just seemed, like, so, uh, reserved and I don't know whatever but he did like the wildest dancing <laughs> <laughs> uh, he started like he was trying to do a sexy dance but he started like pop locking and like in a lap dance and yeah. I don't know it, it was like so crazy but like it was hilarious like everybody was like out of the chair screaming hollering like it was just the funniest thing you ever seen because it was, it was like sexy but funny but awkward, like everything at the same time. That was, I think, that was one of my highlights. And it was, every time I look at the video, it's just like hilarious. Like you just see a clip of it, like you just start cracking up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think the um, the last one, uh, my my last one, and uh, uh, I think the and it was the fun. This is the one that we did. The last one, we, the second to last one before the COVID happened, we was at the other venue. Uh, mm-hmm. not loft, the other one. Um, the city winery, city winery, yeah, and uh, we didn't tend to live, and um, like out of nowhere, it was like, yo, who who you want, and 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 the, and the day T was like, shoot, I don't want none of these cats, I want you, which you by you, Tommy, and it was like, oh, <laughs> so we just went through twenty, we just went through twenty minutes of this for no reason at all, <laughs> the whole time you was just shooting your shot at Tommy, then like Tommy walked off stage, whatever, and I was like, yo, you just you just you just never know. You just never know. Oh, that, that, that was a good one too. I, I came out a winner in that. One. <laughs> yeah, every, <laughs> this is like you just never know. <laughs> you just never know what's going to happen. That's why you got to buy a ticket. You just got to show up um, to the show. Um, and then, um, so you have ten to live. And then, um, and I'll just bring up this one because this is the one where um, we're both a part of um, as a unit, which is the. Uh, Instant classic, and um, real quick, you know, if you want to talk about that, what's the, what's the instant classic and and um, what's the um, the deal with that one? What's the deal? Oh, say that again. Oh no, I was uh, t- talk about the instant classic, that segment of um, of, of almost ladies' night. Uh, talk about how the, how that came yeah. about and uh, it, uh, you know. What's the, what's the deal? <laughs> yeah, instant class. That's where we um, create a song on the spot, and we usually get some feedback from the audience to give us some like uh, a theme, like words and phrases. We got to incorporate into like our um, song, and then we let them like pick like it could be a trap song, R and B. I think we did like a uh, Caribbean, like a. Uh, <laughs> um, 
Dang, I was about to, what, what'd you call that? Like reggae? Like yeah. a little reggaeton? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah reggae, reggae tone. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah but that, yeah, that's, that's always fun too, man. Cause like then, but I think like, I think Chappelle said, like, you know, all comedians want to be artists and then like all artists want to be, uh, tell jokes. Yeah. <laughs> <or> be funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it was kind of cool. Like, you know, we get to tap into our musical side and, uh, see, and sometimes we, we make some hits. Sometimes we don't. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, I think more times than not, we've actually made some like pretty good, uh, good songs. Like that, that kind of like that might that might kind of rock on the radio. We have to like um, put them put them out there in in the public space pretty soon. Yeah, there's. A, I mean, I, I think um, there's there's at least a few. I think out of because we've done a, a bunch of shows, so I, I think we have at least a good EP. That's what five songs. <laughs> we have at least a good EP. You know, just, yeah, we got a good mixtape. Yeah, we got a good, we got a solid mixtape. You know, there's, there's some, you know, because I mean, and I, I only, I only mark the good ones by how many times people repeat um, some of the lyrics back to us when the show is over with. Because you got to keep in mind that Tinder Live is like smack dab almost in the either in the beginning or the very middle of the show. So there's still other elements of the show that's going on after, uh, um, after Instant Classic. So. When people are still saying singing the lyrics that we sang or the hook or whatever, that's like, oh, okay, we on one today. We we are, we we are house of fire. <laughs> we are house of fire today. All right, now we shoot we shooting ten. But uh, real quick, Tommy, don't go anywhere. We're gonna take a uh, twenty three second because I have a, I, I could tell you exactly how long the drop is. Twenty three second um, break. We'll be right back on the Obat Radio podcast. Hey. This is your girl, Candace with a K, August like the month. You can catch me uh, on the interwebs at www.prettyfunnyent.com. I am here chilling with my folks, Mike B on the Open Mic Radio Podcast. Follow him on the web. Yeah, and we're back on Open Mic Radio Podcast. I got my man, young Thomas, Tommy Teller Jr., um, well-known, well-known comedian, uh, accomplished comedian, um, actor from The Wire, Ben O'Conan and Brian, um, producer of the Almost Ladies Night Show, my good friend in comedy, um, young Tommy. You, you, you know, you know, you're not just doing, you're not just not producing shows. You, you know, you're actually, a, a, you know, like you're a stand-up comedian. That's how we, that's how we actually met. We met each other um, through stand-up. You know, and um, and 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 and. You know, I, I've I've been able to have a front seat, or at least be in the same car with you. I may not be in the front seat; I might be in the back seat because I like taking a nap. But I've been able to see your comedy career, you know, grow as as mine has grown as well. But I've been able to see your growth, and um, you was able to um, link up with young Tony Rock, and you opened up for a few times, man. How's how's you know like how's comedy going for you, and 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 how you feel the state of comedy is right now during the COVID season. Um, well, comedy was going great. <laughs> it was going pretty great. I had like a bunch of stuff lined up, uh, all over the country. Um, actually some international stuff too. And, uh, yeah, everything kind of came to a halt, screeching halt or whatever. Um, yeah, I'm always uh, one to say like, you know, enjoy the moment that you got. Cause you know, they're like, that. uh, I can, I can sleep in. Yeah. Um, without without any uh, recompense <laughs> or recourse, um, 
Yeah, and then you're know, taking time like to learn, uh, you know, study, like write. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's I think it's a really a downtime for comedy, uh, especially because well, stand up, you know, really requires an audience. Yeah. Um, so fundamentally, kind of stand up is dead right now because like there's you can't, um, you know, it requires that like interaction, that like you know that human interaction there, and like which can somewhat be done on the internet. But um, in certain fashions, but it's kind of uh, you know realistically, it's, it's not is not there. So you have to find other ways to interject your humor and comedy. And I always say this, like you know, like you have Instagram comedians uh, from before. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just different medium, like you know, so that they aren't stand-up comedians, but they you know it's a different platform. And when you get in the stage, it's totally different. And then I always compare it to like you know uh, visual artists, like a painter, like you have. Michelangelo, he painted the Sistine Chapel, but he might not have been a good spray painter <laughs> or doing graffiti art. Like, I, I don't know. You have people who do, like, pastels, and they work with different, like, acrylic paint, whatever. Uh, but certain things don't translate the same over the different mediums. So I just it's just, uh, um, I think, a time where people have to learn to adjust and, like, you know, fit, you know, to the different mediums and different, um, you know, platforms that are out there. Uh, but it's not, you know, it really won't be the same, same for stand-up comedy until, you know, you're able to get back really in front of people, um, or find a way to like, you know, be in with people on, um, you know, on, I guess the internet, because that's the only thing that's kind of like connecting people right now. Yeah. Um, do you miss the, um, state, um, uh, I know for me, and I tell anybody this, like, um, I've now, I've now reached a point where I miss doing stand-up. But not the stand-up aspect of it. I just miss being around comedians. I miss being around like y'all, like seeing you and Greg and Adela. Well, you, Greg, Adela, and a few, Brandon Moore. Like I miss seeing y'all in the flesh, um, in a in a in a stand-up environment. The um, the art of stand-up comedy. I haven't really missed that much. It's it's coming back. The missing part. Um, like I want to get back on stage. You know, it takes a while. Um, are you start Are you starting to develop the crackish like itch? Um, of missing doing the comedy part or or the fellowship part. Um, no, I mean I always miss uh, doing stand up, like the actual performance part. I mean you, you miss people too, I guess in this whole in this whole uh, pandemic epidemic. Um, but like I think for me, like it's mostly being able to, uh, you know, get get your it's your art. You know, it's like your release in a way. It's like just to be able to like work on new jokes, new thoughts that you have, put it out there, be able to craft those jokes and stuff. Um, you know, because like every day was always like a hunger. Like I gotta get in the stage somewhere or like, get a couple stages. Like I, you know, you know, see what um, see how this bit works. Like if I could change it, and you know, I think like there's a beauty in like kind of crafting um, your jokes and stuff too, so, which is pretty cool. Um, so yeah, yeah, I miss like being able to. You know, to practice, you know, practice my art form. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's also therapeutic, too, because you get to, like, get all the stuff on your mind. You get really get to be able to put it out there in a public space and, like, get and get the immediate feedback. And I think that's one of the beautiful things about comedy is, like, you know, people don't think about laughing. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like you either do or you don't. So, like, it's a very honest uh, feedback, whereas, like, other forms of art, like, you know, like, you can think about it, you know, like, oh, Okay, that was that was nice or whatever or like or give like a fake review or whatever like whatever that is but with comedy you know it's always gonna be honest because like it's 
you know, people don't really, um, yeah, like you don't think about laughing. It's intrinsic. So it's like it's either it's good or it's not. Or like you challenge people's thoughts. Like you, you get a groan or or um, or you purposely like you know uh, switch up people's um, emotional states to kind of get your point across mm-hmm. and to tell your truth. But then you know interject the humor from that. So um, I think all this stuff is like yeah, I just, I just miss being you know being on uh, on stage, man. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I really. Yeah, like I said, I just missed the fellowship part. Uh, um, I think uh, because of where I was at um, comedically, uh, art, um, artist-wise, and and where I, where I was at with it, uh, I was like, oh, okay, I'm good. I can take a break because that's normally what happens. Uh, <laughs> uh, but you know. It's getting back now, where it's like, okay, I want to, I want to write jokes again, which I, I just started writing a few things that that's that's like bumped into my head, whatever. But I don't know. I just been um, being a father, so being a father and just trying to be, just trying to be a good human being and and, and not do pregnant push-ups. I don't know, Tommy. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know, man. But you, you know, but you was a pi- you a pioneer because um, you know all these Instagram comedians ain't got nothing on the Tommy Taylor Junior show. When it's coming back, yo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a good question, man. To, man, to bring it out of the uh, out of the ashes. <laughs> yeah. You 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 watch any of the Last Dance? Oh yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, the Last Dance. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I watched all, all of it so far. Yeah, I was um brought me brought me back. Yeah. <laughs> so is LeBron? And, anytime I can, um, there's more reasons to uh, to tell why LeBron is not the greatest player out there. Um, is, is more reason to watch. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you are serious, LeBron? Like, are you a LeBron hater? Or am I saying the sharp voice? Are you a LeBron hater? You don't think LeBron the goat? All right, so I always I do have to preface. Okay. Um, LeBron may be perhaps one of the greatest off the court players. I love what he does for the community. Um, even in his own like personal business, I have the young like brothers like who handle his like uh, agency and his marketing and stuff, mm-hmm. and they're doing like a phenomenal job. Um, his social and uh, philanthropic work, you know, getting you know the school, all that kind of stuff. That's amazing. He probably one of the best ambassadors off the court. But on the court, he is softer than Simon. <laughs> and my Stephen A. Smith voice, you know, I have to eloquate this so effusively that uh, LeBron James is the softest big man out there. <laughs> nah, but I, I don't know. I think he, I wasn't I wasn't on the court fan um, until he left Cleveland the first time. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know just how he handled all the stuff, and then really not taking the onus on himself to like. Uh, Cause you know people always excuse. I don't know. LeBron gets the most excuses mm. out of anybody, which I just don't get. Like when he was in Cleveland, they were the number one team in the East. They had the highest uh, scoring team in the NBA. They went to the championship, the finals that was like twice, and they lost or whatever. Um, but in the fourth quarter, like LeBron was jacking up threes. He was missing foul shots. Um, which could have won them the game and won them the series. So, like, to me, it's like as, quote, unquote, the best player in the world, 
Like, you got to take it on you. Like, people always say, well, he didn't have this and he didn't have that. He got a big man. He won a big man. They got Shaq. And they're like, well, he was old. Well, that's the one he picked. <laughs> Shaq, was still winning champions. Shaq was still winning championships, and he was still a a, a, a premier, like, player. Um, but I think, like, the owners are really on him to, like, all right, well, it's different. He did everything he could do, which he didn't. Like, he was missing shots, taking shots he shouldn't take, missing easy uh, free throws, Um you know, so, like, when he went to Miami, that's when he started working on his low post game, which he should have been doing a long time ago. Uh, he started doing things a little bit different. But then he surrounded himself with NBA champions, <laughs> which I think, think is soft. But in the day, like, I feel like he should have gave, like, another at least another year to Cleveland, not kind of, like, left him hanging like that. Yeah. Uh, which is, to me, it showed the character on the court. Like, uh, like nothing would ever be enough. But he never took – to me, he didn't take the ownership. Like, dog, I could see if he, like, made – all his free throws and was like did the right plays, but he didn't. So he has to take some of that like loss on his on himself. And I thought like improving as a player uh, would have been like a better uh, onus than the Chargers like leave because I mean they were good, they were a, a great team. Yeah, it's not like they they didn't make the playoffs. They made the finals and like you know they got outplayed and like outsmarted. I don't think we could say gr- a great team. I mean, Booby Gibson and Wally Zerbiak. Well, let me take it back. I like Booby Gibson, but Wally Zerbiak? Yo, they were all they were good team together. That's just like the Warriors. That's the one thing I love about the Warriors is like alone, like all these players, like they were overlooked, unheralded. But then and even when they were playing together, they were getting crushed like the first couple of years. Yeah. But then I was like, yo, let's let's continue this out. Let let's play to our strength and let's figure out a way to win. And they did that. And they they were like amazing at it. Like they they completely changed the game of basketball. But like you all they never had a dominant big player. That's what LeBron said he did it, right? He needs a big man. Like, they didn't have no big man. They were like, all right, well, we're just going to keep shooting threes. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're able to shut that down, you can easily beat the Warriors. But they created, like, their own niche, and they mastered that, that thing, and uh, they became almost unbeatable um, working together. Yeah. And I will say, like, even Adam Kevin Durant, that was probably more of an obstacle to them than anything because they figured out a way to play together. Because I feel like any of the uh, Warriors players individually would have been, you know, eh, they probably wouldn't have been like, uh, you take them on the team by themselves, they would have been like a good player. But it, but somehow it's just like the combination of all of them. They figured out like their strengths and weaknesses. So, but adding a player like Kevin Durant, people say that's, that was a soft move. But I look at it as like actually a great move because they really had no, he added like that big man presence and a score and defender. Yeah. Like uh, Steph Curry, like he's a great scorer, but um, because of his size, he's not like a premier defender at all. Um, uh, uh, Draymond is a, probably a better defensive uh, player and a facilitator, but he's not like a scorer. Yeah. Like, the only other person you got was Clay. Um, and he, does, he, he is a great two way player. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, that they, don't, they never had like the really dominant player on the team so that's like which most other big teams had you know like yeah. a, a somebody that got size that can shoot score and defend and so i think that kind of uh but also challenged them to be able to fit him into that mold they had created yeah draymond i always every time i see draymond dribble i always be like this is gonna be an easy rip this is gonna be an easy rip like he, <laughs> he don't like he has like any real handles he's just, <laughs> he just he just runs down the court and then he like stops at the three-point line and then like he sets everything up but it's like he doesn't have any like He's not going to take you off the dribble. 
And if he does, it's because you was looking at the wrong. You was looking the wrong direction. He caught you looking the wrong direction, and he goes in the opposite direction and it just goes to the hole. But he's not a. I was like, man, that's an easy rip. That's how I dribble. That's how I know it's an easy rip. I don't know. <laughs> I like, um, <laughs> but like, uh, but for me, I like the LeBron move from Cleveland to Miami on because uh, that was the first I, I saw that as a power move because uh, you have these owners and GMs who a lot of times they don't. Um, they don't they 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 they'll still make the money off for of you as a player because you're the attraction you're the reason why people buy tickets, but they won't put the 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 proper personnel around you to really work, and sometimes you gotta take that um take the um grab the bull by the horns and like all right cool I'll just do it my way. So going to Miami because I was a Miami I'm a Miami Heat fan. I'm like yeah that's a good move I like that you know yeah you know, and then um I just don't like when it's almost like. I don't like when like when when he's done, then he like leaves. And a lot of times when he leaves, the the uh the team normally is over the salary cap strapped with no 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 uh with no draft picks. Yeah, so, so you know what? That that would be the other that's actually my other I, I was having a discussion on the day. That's my other uh, shot against LeBron is that all right, now watching the last dance, you see like even when Jordan left, the team was still great. Yeah. And somebody was like trying to use, well, that's a, a, a shot against Jordan. But no, that's actually a, a testament to Jordan because um, he somehow created, like, made his people around him better, which I think has always been a, um, a detriment or a uh, something against LeBron. It's like anytime he leaves, like, he makes everybody worse. <laughs> like, because somebody was like, yo, every team he left, like, just – was like at the bottom of the uh, the barrel when he when he, uh, when he after he was gone, mm. but that's not the same. That's actually a bad thing because like when he leaves, like he makes everybody who was great like or a good player like became trash after he left LeBron. He mentally like messed him up. Kyrie like is in therapy. <laughs> <laughs> like you know, like Kyrie like he came on a great Boston team and they they did worse uh, because he got the LeBron curse. Um, Kevin Love got a LeBron curse. Like he 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 actually came out. He's in therapy too. Like, um, <laughs> like uh, dang, what's my man Delonte West is on the freeway fighting people yeah. in the middle of the street, getting knocked out. Like he is a, a cancer to all his players, um, for whatever reason. Yeah, I mean, and, and the proof the proof is in the pudding. So everywhere he leaves, like like crumbles. Um, Instead of like people are being, uh, you know, nobody's actually better. Yeah. So which which is my like, um, you know, which is a, a thing against LeBron. But I do love him off the court. I do think he's a great player. But I think to say he like he's the best ever mm-hmm. uh, is a bit of a uh, is a, a large stretch. Mm-hmm. But off the court, <laughs> man's a brilliant. He's he's amazing. On the court, he's a great player. But he's not. The, I, I wouldn't say he's the best mm-hmm. at, at all. Well, to, to the to the Jordan point, like when Jordan left, I mean, you still had Ku Coach Pippen, Harper, uh, Longley. Well, let me take Longley. Actually, Longley was a, it was an All Star. So I'm gonna leave Longley in there. So <laughs> you still had what possibly two, three, maybe two, three Hall of Famers, two or three All Stars. Like when LeBron but leaves, who, but when LeBron, but no, what I'm saying is like Jordan create players around him to be All Stars. He he like it brings it out of you, in in that that environment. But if you look at LeBron, LeBron even in Cleveland, uh, 
Cleveland had five number one draft picks. <laughs> Think of number one, like not just first round, but number one draft picks, like him included. Um, and you still couldn't win or figure out. That's what I'm saying. Like, how, how much more do you need? Yeah. And he still got to pick the players he wanted in Cleveland. Uh, maybe there was a little bit of discourse, but look at Jordan. Like, if you if you compare it to Jordan's situation, Jordan didn't get nobody he wanted. <laughs> Jordan, was, Jordan was a hand of a ragtag group of people, but somehow he was able to, like, between him and them, like, they were able to create greatness out of each other. Yeah. Well, uh, him, him and Pippen. Because like, you, look, you look at Kukoc, like, they tried to, like, keep Kukoc out. They didn't want Kukoc. Pippen was underpaid. Like, he didn't get no money. Like, he was mad. That's uh, that's crazy, that were, contract he signed, forced. too. Yeah, but like, you, the thing, and I don't know. I guess it could be looked at either way, but Jordan really had no say in personnel. And, yeah. like, with Jerry Krause, you could, like, he had no say in anything beyond, like, his play, basically. Whereas LeBron pretty much has always had, like, a big say in, in, in every uh, transaction. You know, his input was valued. Maybe not as much as he wanted to, but it was like it was significantly more than um than Jordan. Yeah. But I think early on LeBron knew the how much power he had over the league. Um back then, you know, um back back in that Jordan era, you know, everybody wanted to win the championship on their own, on their own team. Nobody wanted to team up together. Nobody, you know, like I'm Patrick Ewing and I'm I'm the I'm the king of the Knicks and I'm gonna win the championship on my own. And I'm Carl Malone, and I have a whole bunch of baby mamas, and I don't claim none of my kids. And I'm in Utah, and I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna win this championship on my own. And like everybody was trying to win these championships on their own, and like in this era, everybody's like, okay, uh, the GMs aren't going to do it. Uh, I want to play with you. Uh, let's see if we can make this work. Um, and, and that's what they're doing now. Um, so like like I said early on, LeBron knew how much power he had, he has when it comes to the league. So He's the reason why people are buying tickets. Where Jordan, like he didn't re- he didn't realize how much power it was. A, it, it was something that was never, uh, a, I guess, he never really looked at um, at that time. He would just focus on championships because, like I said, even like like with Kobe um, before, um, like LeBron entered the league and it was getting it was swifting over to Kobe and Shaq and stuff like that. Like even Kobe didn't know how much power he really had over the league over the over the NBA. Um, he just do about no, no. I disagree. I think, I think like uh, that. That is a, a testament to LeBron. Like he is, um, like he's a great business a businessman. I get. I'll, I'll definitely give him that. Yeah, chess, um, chess, chess player. His, his management, but you know, it's still the detriment. Like on the court, uh, I will say that's why I was never really like, a, a huge Kobe fan, just because like, I feel like the league. Um, they did cater to Jordan, like, you know, a little bit, you know, a little bit or whatever. Um, but then I think, like, after Jordan was leaving, they were like, yo, we need, like, another premier player, the next Jordan. And I think they picked Kobe to be that person. Mm-hmm. And so, I, like, I remember one series, actually, like, the Sacramento series. Um, they robbed us. And it was, like, the Sacramento was about to win. And then, like, with two minutes left, they, like, the refs just kept calling all these fouls. Like, I remember one play, like, the dude was at least, like, six feet away from Kobe. And then they they, they whistled him for a foul. I was like, he couldn't even, he didn't even touch him. <laughs> <laughs> and so, but I feel like, so like, I think like Kobe was, I mean, he was a good, he was a great player also. But I think like the league um, definitely had like had him like uh, cultivated as the next like Jordan. 
they yeah. wanted him like to win, and they wanted him, you know. And then later you find out you had the ref scandals, yeah. like they were fixing games, which I think was like the lead. They just had it was a scapegoat, but um, all this stuff I think kind of like propelled Kobe to the championship um, mode, trying like you know I feel like trying to copy a Jordan, um, and I feel like that's what they they fit, they found that Jordan mold to work in this era, and so they try to like replicate that with like Kobe. And and then kind of and then with LeBron, yeah. Um, so, which you know has you know mixed results. <laughs> yeah. Um. Out of all the people that's trying to create super teams, um, I, I think the one that's not going to be as successful uh, is the Brooklyn Nets, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant matchup. Um, together, I don't know how that's going to pan out. Um, now if you want to talk about cancers when it comes to teams. Um, Kyrie Irving is that guy. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, I would, because because LeBron, I think LeBron he got a LeBron curve. Yeah, the dude is, is wilding out. Yeah, it's, it's like he went to Boston, and um, you know when he got hurt, you know they was one play away from being in the NBA Finals without Kyrie. He comes back, and they're like two plays away from making the playoffs, and then he leaves, and they're like. Number two in the league, um, and, and like number two in the East, I believe. Uh, and then you have Kevin Durant, you know, who whole reason for leaving Oklahoma City was because of Russell Westbrook's play, and and not getting the ball enough to go play at uh, with Golden State, where it's all about ball movement and and smoke screens and plays like that, to going to another player who's who's not really big and getting assists over points. So I don't know how any of that's going to work. I don't know how that's going to work at all. <laughs> I, I just, I, I just don't know. I just don't know. Um, but uh, before we get out of here, you're an avid Redskin fan. Um, how you think y'all going to do this year? Uh, I think we have to do better than last year. <laughs> <laughs> That's at least my hope is that we do better than last year. We won more than three games. Um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. I went to uh, one Redskins. If, if we even have, if we even have a season, it's like this is. I feel like this is like ESPN. Like we're just talking about stuff that may or may not happen. <laughs> just speculating, talking about past events. Like there, may, there may not be a football season. There might be a football. There might be one. I don't know. I saw. Uh... Um, I saw I saw uh, uh, I saw this clip on um, on Twitter, and it had uh, Stephen A. Smith said uh, there was talking about um, basketball season coming back. He was like, "Look, ESPN aired horse. We aired horse. <laughs> it can't be that bad. We aired horse." He just kept saying it over and over again. If I find that clip, it's gonna be amazing. <laughs> we aired horse. <laughs> yeah, they had a whole. That was a highlight. It was like their their horse competition. <laughs> <laughs> and and now they have the Korean baseball league. Uh, is like their is their is their uh, premier uh, their flagship sport. I was like, who who is this? Is this like current? I don't even know. But yeah, hopefully the Redskins are a little bit better this year. Uh, we got the number. two Number two pick in the in the draft. Um, I still think our quarterback situation is a little iffy, but we got like a lot of talent. We do have talent around us, and uh, 
So hopefully our new coach will uh, be able to put it together. And um, but yeah, but I'm still a little leery about like the, the quarterback situation. Mm-hmm. And add a couple. We need a lot on defense, or at least I don't even know. If we need more parts on defense. We just need like a better scheme. And I think like hopefully with the new coach, you bring out the the best in the players and like put them in positions that at least allow them to win. Because I think we got some good players, but like we're just not utilizing people properly. Yeah, and so everybody looks like trash. Yeah, y'all got rid of um, what's the dude name? Josh. Josh. Oh yeah, he was he was he was straight garbage. But yeah, but then you but but then y'all bringing his coach that bought that bought the best out of him. No, it was it was a scheme that like allowed him to look good because he only played one side in Carolina, mm-hmm. and like he had like a lot of good people, a uh, solid defense around him. So like bringing him him in as the um, you know, like the the star defensive player, which he actually wasn't. Um, but yeah, I think if they scheme scheme things out, it might have been better. Like he he had, he 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 was good at certain things, was stripping the ball, but he'll always get beat. Like any. Every big play the last two years was against Josh Norman. <laughs> <laughs> almost like literally almost every big play, uh, we could be up by like fourteen. They would just throw the ball in the air. Whoever Josh is covering, like was just like beat him by 10, 10 yards and like catch it in the end zone, like some Hail Mary play or something. Like it he, he definitely didn't have the speed the speed, the skills to be a number one defender. Mm-hmm. Um but he had you know, I don't know. I think figuring out a place for him. And that, that's why they benched him. I think, like, last year they actually benched him, like, the last half of the season. Um, but, yeah, he he didn't have a number one cover skill. Okay, okay. Um, young Thomas, we've been on this joint for a minute, uh, close to uh, 60, which is an hour almost, almost. Um, real quick, man, first I want to um, uh, give it up my man time one more time, y'all coming through. Um, real quick, let the um, – let people know how they can get in contact with you, your social medias, and, um, you know, um, this airs in June, if we're still on lockdown. Uh, you know, tell them, show them, tell them how they can get in contact with the, uh, how they can watch Almost Ladies Now on IG, et cetera, et cetera. Um, my man. Yeah, um, if you want to get in contact with me, the best place to get in contact with me is on my cash app. You cash out Tommy Taylor Jr. Dollar sign Tommy Taylor Jr. And uh, and that's actually everything. All my like my website, uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook is every all is Tommy Taylor Jr. Um, Tommy Taylor Jr. dot com. Uh, yeah, all, all the stuff. Instagram. Um, but yeah, um, I'm out here and right now we're doing our weekly online show of Almost Ladies Night. Uh, we're bringing different comedians from around um, the nation. Coming in, it's pretty interactive too on, on there. So we try to create a little bit different uh, concept, but uh, still keep it some of the vibe. So come check us out. We have some um, a lot of big names uh, show up so far, and uh, we got music comedians. Uh, it's, it's, it's a vibe. So check us out on Instagram every Thursday uh, right now. A Thursday is eight thirty East Coast, five thirty West Coast. Um, yeah, and come holler at your boy. <laughs> Hey, hey, man, Tommy. Hey, thank you for taking a few minutes out, man, to um, do this podcast, man. And as um, as a as a uh, as a friend, fellow comedian, and um, a person that works beside you uh, all the time, it's a pleasure and an honor to be beside you and work with you um, on on a lot of projects, man. It's, a, it's, it's been an honor and a pleasure to be beside you. And thank you again for taking time out 
on to this podcast again. Hey man, thanks for having me, man. It, it, it only took about eight years for me to get on on your uh, on your podcast, but you know, hey, we're here. Hey, we in the build. I got you here. We finally got here. Almost. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> so, so, thank, so thank you for having me on on uh, on the podcast, brother. And uh, success to you. And uh, may you have a, a thousand more episodes. Oh man, I appreciate that, yo. One more time, give it up for my man Tommy Taylor Jr., yo. Uh, Tommy, don't go nowhere yet. And uh, for everybody else, we'll be right back on the On My Radio podcast. Yeah. Hey, it's your girl, Trady Sade. When I'm not hosting Comedic Relief at Wonderland Ballroom, you can catch me listening to the Open Mic Radio podcast. And we back, y'all. And we black, y'all. And we back and we back and then we black, y'all. And we back and we back and we back, 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 y'all. That's my man, Tommy Taylor Jr. again, y'all. Thank y'all. Uh, real quick, I wanted to play this clip. Uh, I, I was talking about it, alluding to it on the... Um, I normally don't air Stephen A. Smith. Not, I'm not his biggest fan um, as of late. But I want to air this clip. So um, At this juncture... Uh, here we go. To say, excuse me, bad basketball. At this juncture, we'll take anything. They ESPN yeah. aired a, 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 a game of horse. Horse with people. Like, are you kidding me? And we're going to sit I up there and complain about, oh, the NBA might not, the basketball might not be as great as we're accustomed to seeing. We aired horse on national television. Agreed. Are One more time. Me? One more time for to the say, people in the back. Excuse me, bad basketball. At this juncture, we'll take anything. They ESPN yeah. aired a, 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 a game of horse. Horse. With people like, are you kidding me? And we're going to sit up there and complain about, oh, the NBA might not, the basketball might not be as great as we're accustomed to seeing. We aired horse on national television. Agreed. Are you kidding me? The (laughs) same. We air (laughs) Stephen A. Smith in my Lawrence O'Donnell voice. We'll have the last word, y'all. Hey, thank y'all. Thank y'all for coming through. Thank y'all for listening. Um, hope y'all enjoyed the show. Me and young Thomas, Thomas Taylor Jr. Uh, follow him on all the social media webs, as always. Follow me on all the social media webs. Um, really appreciate y'all for listening. Uh, ones and twos. Thank y'all for supporting. I know, hopefully y'all are enjoying the content. I'm going to work on this Patreon thing. Um, I've got some ideas. I got some thoughts, if you will, not to be confused with thoughts. Um, Thoughts without the G U the other H or the S. Yeah. Alright, y'all. I'ma do this one more time for y'all. For the Excuse people. Excuse me, back. bad basketball. At this juncture, we'll take anything. They ESPN yeah. aired a, a a a game of horse. Horse! With people like are you kidding me? And we're going to sit up there and complain about, oh, the NBA might not, the basketball might not be as great as we're accustomed to seeing. We aired horse on national television. Agreed. Are you kidding me? To say, excuse me, bad basketball. All right, y'all. Thank y'all for listening. Goodbye. I'm looking for, oh, oh, man. 
What up? This is Hurt, a.k.a. The Big Hurt, a.k.a. The Black Mountain. And right now you're listening to my guy, Mike Brown, on the Open Mic Radio Podcast.